Hello, this is All The Way Live. Uh, I'm Sophie Wilkinson, a journalist, and uh, my co-creator is Nev Brook, who is a filmmaker and uh, tech supremo. Um, and today uh, we are kind of bringing back the podcast. I think we're not going to promise any, any level of regularity, but hopefully we can, we can provide a, uh, an occasional foray into... Um, into a relatable look at politics and um, uh, we're speaking to lots of different young people who are experts in their field and today we're delighted to be joined by Cara Sofoko who works as communications director at consumer group Some of Us and you've also co-founded a new feminist organisation called Level Up and we're going to share the link to all of those things uh, a bit later on. Please feel free to plug. Um, Don't worry, definitely will. Hi, welcome. I'm so excited to be called young. Um, <laughs> you don't have to like demarcate your actual age. Um, no, no. I think, no. I think. I mean, in in the consumer rights world, what age is is a young consumer? I mean, uh, probably under thirty, which I'm not currently. Um, but maybe I'm one day. To, yeah, yeah. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to claim the young the young label for today. Makes um, me feel excited. Good. Thank you. And and can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about about what you've previously worked on and just uh, yeah, kind of sure. plug Yeah, sure. So at the moment, I'm communications director at a great organisation called Some of Us. If you're interested, you can go to someofus.org to find out more about our campaigns. So we are a global consumer group. We've got millions of members worldwide who work together, uh, taking part in campaigns that help uh, to make big corporations to behave better. So we're running a campaign targeting Boots at the moment, which we might, which maybe we'll get a chance to talk about later. We will definitely. Um, and then the other organisation I'm involved in is I am part of a team trying to launch a new feminist organisation this year in the UK called Level Up. We are crowdfunding at the moment, so you can go to gofundme.com forward slash level up if you want to donate. And that is using a similar model, building a really big community of feminists, using the power of the internet, to make Britain less sexist, basically. So very excited about that. Happy to talk about either of those a bit more later. Brilliant. And um, you also used to work as a, as a parliamentary assistant? Uh, yeah, no, I worked wait. as like an advisor to Lisa Nandy. That's, that's a, more than an assistant, isn't it? I yeah, I had to beef it up there just, you know, just because for the purposes true. of my LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. also true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I worked for a Labour MP called Lisa Nandy before the, oh gosh, how many general elections ago? Before the, well, so but t- up to 2015, basically. So before the right, recent only, only like two. Two elections going two now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I worked at a progressive think tank called the New Economics Foundation before that, um, heading up their communications team. And yeah, before that I worked uh, in corporate PR, which uh, probably isn't that relevant to today. Maybe not, but also I guess I guess you've kind of have you got to learn both sides of the coin in terms of consumer. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely very useful in my current job, uh, knowing what it's like being in the press office when someone launches a campaign against you. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely using those skills, transferable skills, all about those. (laughs) Um, And it's it's good. There's no amount of gardening leave that they could (laughs) to kind of yeah yeah, share (laughs) those secrets. Um, I like that people work on both the kind of. I mean, so you've worked like private and public sector as well as lobbying, as well as 
You've done yeah. quite a few things. Yes, I'm, I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're not under thirty because otherwise <laughs> I'd be incredibly intimidated. Yeah, but, um, I mean, my mum obviously just thinks I'm flighty because I've had a lot of jobs, but I've tried to explain it's a demographic thing. You know, it's very normal to change jobs now. But yeah, I am also over thirty, so I've been um, working for a long time. But they're all incredible jobs. Well done. Um, thanks, thanks. Where's loads of compliments today? I'm <laughs> loving it. We're going to get on to, just to, to bring the tone down, we're going to get on to um, our kind of franchise, um, which I, I guess we should call like a, uh, a running uh, a, a theme, is um, uh, Dickhead of the Week. So I know that the, there's probably been a few opportunities for different dickheads to come across but um, I, since the last podcast, but there are so many dickheads in the world that we can just look at this week alone. So who is your, who is your dickhead of the week? Well, mine ad did actually change because I had a dickhead in mind, but a bigger dickhead came along. Kevin Myers, um, the columnist for the Irish version of the Sunday Times, yes. who took the BBC pay scandal and not only said that uh, it was the fault of women in the BBC that they were being underpaid, but also just threw in some anti-Semitism for, mm. for good luck. Uh, naming Claudia Winkleman, I think it was Vanessa Feltz, and just making comments about Jewish people's ability to negotiate pay and then giving the worst apology possible today mm. um, in which he just talked about how much Jewish people knew he liked them. Uh, yeah, which, um, yeah, was pretty dickheadish. So yeah. he's, my, he's my guy this week. I kind of, I kind of wish that, that that Jewish, like, Jews making loads of money was true because I'm like a, I'm a bit Jewish and so like I think it would be like it would be really nice if I could just pull out that card if that was a card or if I had some kind of yeah. secret the special um, club yeah, yeah some charm just, some kind of yeah uh, it's, it's a shame that yeah you can't pick and choose which of the many racist stories <laughs> we get thrown at us at, um, and cash them in but yeah. no but I think Kevin yeah Kevin does stand out as a dickhead just because he did also make a lot of sexist comments yeah. in, in that article, which well, had to be taken down which from the is, Sunday Times website. I mean, Vanessa Feltz has responded because she's, I mean, she's got her show on every day. There's no way she can kind of avoid that. And she talks about the issues of the day and she was an issue of the day. And I wasn't actually listening on that occasion. Sometimes I like to turn on, like if I've woken up like really, really late, I like to turn it on at about 9.55 just so I can hear her go, okay, love you, goodbye. Uh, which is actually <laughs> quite unfair because then I haven't actually listened to her. But I, I love listening to her show. Um, and uh, she was just saying how incredibly disappointed she was um, that he'd written it but also that it had been agreed to be printed as well because you know there's a few different people who had to give apologies on his behalf and it's like well you looked at this yeah I think it is yeah I think I mean I'm not going to say I've singled him out unfairly because he wrote it but it is one of those things where whenever a media outlet puts something quite this offensive out you're, and or, or takes it down you're like several people had to see this before it went online and in print what what's going on here yeah and also the the apologies were very much based on the anti-semitism and which obviously i i completely completely disagree with um but i do think that it could have been possible to apologize for the anti-semitism and the sexism yeah i mean i think that is why he's a big dickhead because he just the the idea that uh the fact that there's not a single country in the world where women earn more than men is the fault of women is yeah uh, is yeah pretty big misunderstanding um, of how sexism patriarchy whatever you want to call it works mm -hmm. and I just think this idea that the burden is on the people that are being screwed over um, to be more confident and ask for more pay when actually most studies show that if a woman and a man ask for a pay rise, the woman is much more likely to be penalised for it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, she's just 
comes across as a bit demanding and not nice. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I think all the evidence actually suggests that it's not women's job to deal with sexism or the fact that they are underpaid. And yeah, so I think, I think that's why Kevin Myers is dickhead of the week for me. Okay. Sexism and racism in one column. Yeah, that's that's quite a combo. Um, my dickhead of the week would be Scaramucci. Obviously, he's... The mooch. I don't want to say he's less of a dickhead. I feel like I haven't completely followed <laughs> everything he's done. Like, I mean, I, I watched him completely touch up Emily Maitlis, who definitely doesn't get paid enough to, Ooh, to be kind that. of... Uh, he was just a bit too handsy. He was a bit too full-on. Um, but so, as I, as I gather, he... Uh, please correct me if you've been following this more than I have... Um, I can't just call someone a dick with, with it being completely unfounded, but um, he, he, no, he's he, called up, he called up the New York, was it the New York Times, and he called them up and basically slagged off Yeah, everyone. he slagged off everyone. He did a, I don't know if it is car crash, New Yorker interview, where he swore a lot, made some pretty weird comments about Steve Bannon. Um, I mean, so he technically... Can, you can repeat those comments if you feel the, uh, Yeah, of course. This okay, is on, the, like, on the family is, podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll let you do it if you want to, but I just... Uh, what was? What did he say? He's a... Something about... Oh, I can't remember what he said. Is that he can, like... He's, he, he wants to suck his own suck cock. His, yeah, it was, yeah, I knew it was something about penises, yeah. and I was like, something about sucking someone's cock. Yeah. His or his own. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, terrible New York interview. I think technically his contract hasn't started at the White House, but he has been fired 10 wow. days into being announced by, and because, so he trash talked everyone, including the chief of staff, Reince Priebus, no idea if I'm saying that Who's right. Who's now been... Who then got fired slash resigned. Yeah. None of us keeping up. And then the new chief of staff, who is a four-star general, whose name I can't remember at all, then apparently sacked. Scaramucci so he right. sort of brought about his own destruction yeah. in a slightly poetic way um, but yeah amidst groping journalists being a general terror and threatening to fire everyone it's it's like a I'm not sure how much you watch Broadwalk Empire if at all but it just reminds me of that like I've seen it, some just, of the first season just yeah. like scrapping just like just like <laughs> scrapping with each other but um uh I hate to do the whole... I saw some really funny things on Twitter about it, but someone did say after Scaramucci was fired, I know how Steve Bannon's going to be celebrating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it okay, took, no, me, took me a while to understand that one because I hadn't yeah. quite seen the, um, the comment about him sucking himself off. But also there was um, uh, Scaramucci paid $100,000 to appear for 15 seconds in a cameo in a film. Um, oh he just... Uh, I kind of... Well, th there was a bit of... Yeah, there's a bit of levity to that in, Did you in amongst stuff about his wife as well. Well, so his wife has had she's filed for divorce because apparently while she was giving birth to their, I think, second child, he was with Donald Trump and just sent a text saying, um, congrats, I'll pray to God that the, the kid's okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. so will all of us now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I saw another tweet saying, I hope someone's holding uh, her shoulders because laughing this much after having, so soon after having a child isn't actually that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, what I'm really keen for, and I don't know if any of our like many, many abundant listeners will have this, I'm really keen to look at, um, I, w I just want, I want a listicle of all the potential Democrats who could be rising up and taking over from Trump because mm. I can't hear anymore. He's like, he's awful. He's awful. He's incompetent and he's dangerous. Like that is such a difficult combination to actually uphold at the same time. You can't, can you be both? He can be both. Yeah. He's um, all, all and so much more. Yeah. And I'm just so ready for someone new to come along. Uh, so yeah, if you've got any ideas, if anyone's got any ideas, 
Uh, pop them on a postcard. Bring on the listicles. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I just want, I just want, it'll make me feel better. I want some hope. Um, and on to great news of the week. Um, yes, so. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. People listening to a podcast. Yeah, we've got thumbs up from Karis. Can you explain why you've got thumbs up, please? Uh, for the great news of the week, I think technically this is in the last week. Um, Unison won their case about employment tribunal fees. It sounds really boring, but it's not one of uh, David Cameron's many awful policies under the coalition government was to introduce a policy saying that if you had been fired and you wanted to take your employer to tribunal for unlawful dismissal, you would have to pay the fees um, when you were unemployed. So examples of recent employment tribunals, I think there was one where a... um, uh, a firewoman because you firewoman sounds so weird but fireman makes a lot of sense but yeah like a, a, yeah. a firewoman she firewoman. was she was that is the term right firefighter female firefighter sounds, I'll find out the right the right terminology but anyway I mean this is the least of her problems because she was subjected to this guy basically like humping her and talking about her breasts and doing all sorts of things like that and if she decided okay well you know to complain about that and if she got fired. I don't think it was the exact story, but I'm just I'm, uh, like giving examples yeah. of why people get you why could people be, get fired. Yeah, yeah, you could be mistreated by your employer. You could be fired for any number of reasons, and then not only would you be out of a job, you'd have to find the money to take your employer to court. And the good news is that thanks to a court case from Unison, that's illegal, and the government has to pay back all the people who spent hundreds of pounds trying to get justice. And I mean, that is I think that is why it's good news and why the uh, Supreme Court verdict came through, that basically you can't block access to justice and make it just for rich people. David yeah, Cameron, so Blair. Yeah, good news. <laughs> and, uh, and and also one of the one of the big things, uh, like what a really, really common reason for women to get sacked was just simply being pregnant. Like, yeah, no, so very depressing. common, very yeah. common, um, depressingly common. Oh, you got pregnant. Um, we don't, we don't need you to work here anymore. We don't do that. Yeah, um, we don't want you to have a baby. Uh, and I mean, also kind of related to that, there's a really good interview with Angela Rayner in, I think it was the Observer or the Guardian. It's it's online on the Guardian site, obviously, and um, uh, she worked within Unison and has basically gone yeah. from. Uh, She's really not the sort of person you'd necessarily expect to be in politics, uh, incre- like from an incredibly working class background. Yeah, single mum. Single mum, teen mum. Uh, and uh, she is, thanks to union, she kind of rose. Yeah, a really a good story and a good reminder. I think it's, it's much more rare nowadays to get MPs. Like Obviously, there are people like Alan Johnson who really came up through the trade union movement, didn't come from a sort of really privileged middle class background. And yeah, it's a really good profile. Um, yeah, great example of um, why normal people should get involved in politics. And yeah, another good good week for Unison, you know. Yeah, one of really their, good. Uh, one of their reps. Um, and and yeah, and also another bit of good... I'm, I'm really trying to like grab as much good news as possible, but um, we're not sure what the outcome of this is going to be yet, but there's a, a survey on LGBT life in the UK, and I think it's really, really important that as many LGBT people in the UK... Uh, get their stories and tell their truths across so I think uh, maybe I need to provide a link to this somewhere else because I haven't got the link on me right now but I'm guessing if you google like LGBT survey government UK it will it will come up it will be on a gov.uk site Um, and it looks as if there's a hundred questions because each time you fill a question in you get one percent further but actually sometimes that jumps so it only takes about 15 minutes 
uh, to do. And uh, at the end, there's a 500 word, there's an opportunity for you to fill in 500 words as well, which I think is actually not as prohibitive as it sounds, because I think we've all got stories that um, uh, we want to tell us as part of the LGBT community. I'm not outing you, Karis. I don't know your sexuality. It's not relevant <laughs> <laughs> um, at this moment in time. But when I say us, I mean the LGBT community in general. Um, and then also another sweet bit of news is that Jeremy Corbyn, when he, um, when he took to the stage uh, when the Libertines were performing, he um, t- to do his his first big rat like his his big post-election rally of the summer. Um, people were chanting "Old oh, Jeremy Corbyn," uh, not to that tune. It had a tune to it. Um, uh, you know the chant, the one to Seven Nation Army, and um, he was he was kind of taken aback by it because he thought that people were chanting um, negative things and he thought, okay, I just need to get on with this. People have come to, sit, to listen to some music. They've not come to listen to me. And then s- soon he realised all the people chanting were smiling and he thought, oh, if there's a man in a Jeremy Corbyn t-shirt and he's smiling, then it's all okay. Um, which is just very sweet. Very <laughs> a very man. sweet bit very of news. So we're going to kind of move on to something quite, just to take it down on a on the roller coaster, we're going to take it to uh, Boots and the kind of the, the myriad fuckeries uh, with regards to the morning after pill, um, but also the really really positive some of us campaign as well. Can you take me through? Yeah, the sure deal thing. on that. Um, please? So we are running a campaign targeting Boots, who have decided not to drop the price of the morning after pill um, because they think that it will encourage irresponsible use by women. Um, I think that was a quote from the chief pharmacist at Boots, if not someone very senior at Boots, who thinks it's their business to decide uh, what women or customers do with their bodies. Um, So we, um, in association with BPAS, which I think is the British Pregnancy Advice Service, uh, have been running a campaign. I think we've got nearly 25,000 signatures in our petition right now. Uh, just calling on Boots to drop the price of the morning after pill, yeah. which is what Superdrug and the other pharmacies have done. It's not Boots's job to uh, price things based on how you know how many how much they think people should buy them, and certainly not to block access to contraception. And yeah. so we're just uh, so the Some of Us campaign, which you can find at someofus.org, is uh, just focused on people in the UK or people who are Boots customers saying actually no Boots just charge the price that it should be, and yeah don't start pricing based on what you think we should buy from you. Yeah. Now, I mean, so some people, they might hear this and think, well, that's old news that was already sorted because Boots, uh, yeah, that they had initially said that this this is a, an issue because this will be a problem with our with other cust- with other customers as well. Like they had an issue with other customers, but anyway, I think it was yeah. it, they the, apologised, but they haven't dropped the price. This yet. is the thing, yes. So they've apologised and they said, oh well, the reason why. So at the moment, it's they sell it at closer to thirty pounds, and Superdrug sell it for closer to about fifteen. I haven't yeah. got the precise stats, but we know it's 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 a lot more. And with their apology, they. They said, oh, well, the reason why it costs more is because you're paying for the consultation. So when you go into into Boots and you say, I need the morning after pill, they go, oh, well, so have you had sex? You know, and like, did you not like, they ask you all those questions um, in order to ascertain whether you can take the pill. And they say, you know, have you, they ask like stupid things like, are you on your period right now? And it's like, no. Um, but yeah, it, sorry, my, my point being is that, um, Superdrug, 
do yeah, uh, I was going to say it's well. pharmacy as pharmacies. Well. I mean, pretty furious. anything anything that you buy over the counter, you have to kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that's not embarrassing to share now that um, that I've had to buy over the counter, <laughs> where you have to have quite a long consultation. Strong painkillers. Um, let's say strong painkillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely say something that's like yeah, that's definitely not embarrassing. Yeah. But um, you have that consultation, and you don't necessarily pay more for that. No, um, and yeah. I think there's. I mean, it's. I don't know. I think there is something quite sinister about a company like Boots, which markets pretty aggressively to women. Most Boots adverts are targeted at women or involve a lot of female customers. They make a, Boots make a lot of money from women selling cosmetics and other things like that. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a little bit sinister to find out that um, they don't really like women much or trust them to make good decisions. Um, and to be honest, a good decision is one that anyone makes. And again, it's just. Comes that. down to if you have less money, then you know, if you're rich, if you're earning a lot of money, then 30 quid isn't a lot. But if you're not, then Boots is making a choice that really penalizes you, especially if you don't live near a Superdrug or a Tesco, which I mean, not everyone does. No, and we're in you know, the heart of Dalston right now, so yeah. That's there's numerous options, but yeah, not not cool boots, not cool, yeah, and I think. Uh, I mean, it's really put me off that Here Come the Girls song. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Ne- They've ruined that. Never um. again can I walk down the street at Christmas <laughs> with all my friends and our matching sequin tops and think about how, how yeah. great it is to buy two-for-one foot pumices. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, the thing is, Boots is, yeah, it, I'm really interested in, I mean, ha- have you looked, your, as, as, a con- as a consumer group, uh, some of us are very, very good at looking at where the money is and kind of going to the money. And I know there's, there was a lot, there is a lot of awareness about about this, and there, you know, there are articles calling for change. I mean, I know as a journalist, mm. I would lo- like, I always try and put a suggestion as to how I'd like something to change. It never, mm. I, I've never managed to put that into a into a great campaign, but I am pushing. I've got lo- lots of different tweaks that I would like to make to current legislation and everything. But I think what you do is so powerful because you you go to the money and you kind of instead of saying you know I think there are some people who ideologically they kind of sit back in their armchair at home and go or an armchair like a kind of like grotty sofa and go well you know the thing is we just kind of just need to end all all shopping and all capitalism and stuff like that and I think your, your solutions are a lot more uh, your com- well some of us are solutions yeah are a lot more um practical yeah and there are certainly we have about a million members in the uk so i'm sure there are many who would like or some that would like all capitalism ended but i think our general stance is companies like this um are really powerful and it can be a bit depressing sometimes when you think about how many massive companies dodge their tax or treat their workers badly but they also rely on all of us to buy their stuff often we own shares in them for our pensions and also we work for them like a big part of this campaign for us We've been targeting Boots employees um, in the headquarters with Facebook ads being like, hey, this is what your boss said. Um, That's so smart. Uh, yeah, and so actually, you know, the main sort of premise behind some of us that has been pretty effective so far is that actually we have a lot more power than we think over these big companies because yeah. they need us. Um, so this is just a classic example of, uh, yeah, Boots forgetting that, that they need women and actually it's not their job to sort of sit in judgment of their choices. Uh, yeah. So, so what would you like listeners and uh what what are the next steps to kind of get 
is it to, to continue pressure? Yeah, so you can... Remember, this isn't, this isn't over yet. Yeah, well, you yeah. can sign the petition because they still haven't dropped the price and you can also tweet at Boots. There's a, we've made it pretty easy if you do that via our website, but also feel free to just uh, write or tweet to them yourself. Um, yeah, basically I would say join the campaign, we'll email you updates with different things to do. Um, and this stuff really does make a difference. Um, you know, we've won so many campaigns recently and a big, we had a big global campaign recently around Uber, which is a company loads of people didn't think could behave any better. And yeah, people, you know, especially executives of big companies really don't like it when they get loads of tweets or loads and loads of letters saying this isn't good and nor do their shareholders. And yeah. Definitely their employees don't either. So yeah, join the campaign, make some noise, and yeah, let's get Boots to drop the price to the same price as Tesco and Superdrug. Thank you. And um, can you tell me a bit about the, um, we were talking a bit beforehand um, about your about your new feminist um, organisation. Yes, organization. I've got a theme <laughs> here. Level up, yes. Can you tell me a bit? Sure. About so I'm one of six uh, six people who are setting up a new feminist organisation, which is going to launch in the autumn in the UK. It's called Level Up. Uh, our website isn't launched yet, but you can donate to our crowdfunder at gofundme.com forward slash Level Up. And I mean, basically, it's using a really similar premise to uh, some of the work we do at Some of Us, which is. There are loads of people that are feminists and don't like how sexist Britain is. What if we all use the power of the internet to band together, form a community, and then just sort of find ways to take really concrete actions to deal with like sexism in your own life and the annoying guy at work that talks over you, and then also bigger legislative changes. Um, so the example that I've been giving a lot recently is a lot of people aren't even aware that if you're sexually assaulted, your uh, sexual history is admissible in court, um, which was a big part of the Chair Evans case for those who are following it. Um, and that's just a concrete everyday example of how sexist Britain is. And I actually think most people, or at least a big number of people, don't think that's all right. Um, and yet it's still the law. You can still have an ex-partner come and talk about, you know, you liked it rough therefore the sexual assault that you endured um, was somehow justified so yeah it won't just be sexual assault and uh, things like that but just looking at different ways of Britain's sexist and then being like loads of us don't like that how can we make it better um, brilliant so yeah, I think because I, I mean after the after the Chad Evans uh, case sort of, I followed really really closely um, I'm sure I, I know a load of us did um, what I found yeah, there, there were lots of MPs who, who got in touch with, I think, so the CPS or was it uh, the judiciary or something mm. along those lines to say, you know, this is ridiculous that women's sexual history is brought up. But I guess what is so good about, about an organisation is that there is, it's a reminder that there are still people listening because MPs, I mean, when I, I interviewed, I've, I've interviewed a only only a few of them but um some have said uh to me that you know most of the letters they get are only about um are about overhanging branches and uh like you know, things like that yeah really really local very kind of personal almost kind of yeah and so uh, there's issues. definitely and i think well we're all guilty sometimes of that like sit back on the sofa what's the point everything's awful mm. everyone is trash um i mean i certainly am uh and i think that the I think and the idea behind Level Up is that it can also, being a feminist is, well, a big part of my identity, but it can also be kind of a bit depressing and a bit lonely. So just being like, actually, there's loads of us and 
most of the stuff's common sense, so why don't we just make some change and sort of focus on some of the tangible things that we could easily change in Britain um, to make it a lot less sexist. So yeah, so I'm very excited about that and lots of cool people involved. And if you want to get involved, you can go to the GoFundMe or we have a Facebook page as well. Perfect. If you search Level Up Feminism, will probably come up on Facebook. Cool. Um, I think we've um, we've got. I'm just going to see how much time we're we're on. Oh, we're we're getting quite close to running out. I was going to talk about the deficit and Ooh. how um, Philip Hammond has said it's going to be pushed back. Uh, that the kind of the closing of the deficit is only going to happen in 2027. 20, but as you said earlier, is this is this a big issue or is it? I mean, I'm a, you can't yeah, say I'm not. I'm not that. I, I mean, I think this is actually less uh, not so controversial to say now. But I, I'm not that stressed about the deficit and okay. never have been. But um, and it's. I think it was. A, I think it was really successfully used by the Conservatives to sort of attack Labour and say they couldn't be trusted uh, on the economy. But I mean judging by their own progress on it it's not something that's uh, going to be easy to close and I mean it looks like Brexit's just making that a fantasy like we're not going to be uh, balancing the books anytime soon um, but luckily I don't think that's not, not that much of a problem because unlike George Osborne I don't think that the economy is like an individual household or that's like spent too much on its credit card so yeah. it's okay for us to be in debt we're a huge economy we create jobs um, yeah, although obviously we would like to be able to close the deficit eventually, but I'm yeah. not, not sure when that's going to be. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of, yeah, kind of, I kind did of talk about sweet. deficit. Yeah, yeah, even yeah, though yeah, I said it in care. Well, this is really good. <laughs> this is, this is great. Um, uh, that it's maybe not as much as a, of a worry as, as it appears to be. Maybe the reason why it's getting so, such kind of close proximity to the front pages at the moment is because, uh, there's not loads of political stuff going on at the moment but also yeah. because um it's a good way to uh, kind of get involved in a bit of the the intra-tory bashing that's going yeah, on yeah yeah well there. they're all on holidays just all we can do is sort of gossip and yeah. find out what everyone thinks about and brexit they're all slagging each other off as well <laughs> yeah um, who wants to be leader i as a non-tory i am enjoying that just because mm. it's You've got to, you know, take your pleasure where you can get it. Yeah, it's nice to see um, the other side do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, definitely, definitely enjoying that. Um, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I think that obviously the obviously the state of the economy is important, but uh, I think Brexit has just pushed the deficit down the agenda normally. So uh, yeah, interesting to see yeah. a story about that again. Definitely, um, and I mean, and. Uh, on a like on a very very somber and uh, depressing note, um, we're uh, we're you know we we're recording this in Dalston. It's not very far at all from where um, Rashan Charles was. Um, I need to think very carefully of the the, the words like where he died. Yes, where he died uh, whilst in uh, police custody, effectively in, in police custody, uh, and there were protests that kind of soon. Uh, tipped over into uh, into more violent seeming yeah I uh, was um, I live really nearby and I was walking home on Friday night and I think I'm not sure I I think that one of the there were there were sort of protests on the Friday night and then there was a demonstration outside State Newington Police Station on the Saturday and one of the young people there uh, said something I think is very true which is that people only know the names of people like Russia and Charles when the communities that they come from uh, 
burn things or destroy yeah. things or make a fuss when they die. And I actually think that is the sort of more damning indictment that depending on the colour of your skin and the class, um, the sort of class that you belong to in Britain really determines how you're treated by police and if anyone cares when you die. And I think, uh, yeah, with uh, events like Grenfell, that's just much more visible to people now. And uh, I think, and you know, Rashan Charles, who I didn't know, but clearly has a lot of friends because the community response mm. to his death has been really overwhelming, uh, regardless of sort of, uh, yeah, I think deserve to be treated like a human being and deserve to be treated with the same respect that many of the uh, young, non-black, uh, sort of uh, party goers and also on a Friday night would have mm. been treated. I don't think if he were a young hipster woman, he would have been treated like that by police. And since we're, since we're local, um, yeah, I think it's worth sort of paying attention to and just scrutinising some of the reporting of it because it's yeah. very easily portrayed as just sort of all scary young people burning things. But uh, yeah, as a person at the police station said, I mean, it's pretty effective strategy, actually, if you think someone's been, uh, has died unlawfully, it's the way that people pay, pay attention. Yeah. And there can be commentators saying, oh, well, you, you know, you know, we'd listen to you lot if you just, if you just played nicely <laughs> by the rules and then yeah. people can then cite. And I mean, it's shameful that I can't really think, uh, I can't think of any of, off, off the top of my head, but there are many, many occasions where people have, you know, tried to do everything by, by the book as, you know, as white kind of orthodoxy would have it that you know people have to behave themselves and they have to complain in this way and they have to do it like this and wait for the IPCC and everything like that I mean it reminds me um Jacob Rees-Mogg has just um had to kind of has he apologized or has he just kind of gone oh I just didn't really understand that at all um because he was in he attended a dinner with um uh, an incredibly an incredibly racist group that argues for the repatriation of everyone who arrived in the uk uh, oh, after after the world war um great i, I mean i tune out any story with jacob Rees mark so that yeah. passed me by i know um, well there yeah. you go i think <laughs> it's, it's interesting that he yeah he he appeals with this kind of sense of oh i'm just i'm just very very old i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm like i was born in the 17th century and i am um, <laughs> and you know his his sixth child is literally called sixtus yeah yeah okay thing. that i did see yeah. but he uses that as a defense but i didn't realize that he made like all of his money being like a city trader like he's yeah, he's yeah, not someone true. who's you know the, the guy his death definitely He's worn wrap around sunglasses and you know <laughs> secretly like he, he kind of he, he knows what it's that. like to like have like glitzy cufflinks and shiny suits he just does that you know that's his kind of secret yeah, life keeps it on the DL uh, but yeah his um I, th I think one of one of the um the, the kind of leader of, of this group also um uh said really really singled out Doreen Lawrence and said like she really has to be sent back and it's like oof, and like criticized her work which I mean it's it's yeah I mean well, yeah, unfortunately yeah. family played by the book although people weren't happy that they brought their own but prosecution and it they, took decades for decades any justice decades, uh, because yeah. of their son um, and any recognition of the racism they faced in the police force and I think it's just worth you know I think there was a lot of stuff said about uh, on Twitter about um, yeah. uh, sort of Rashan Charles not deserving justice or or deserving certain types of treatment because of people who honestly have never met him and don't know him, judgments yeah. they've made about the kind of life that he lived. And, you know, as we see from America and as we see here, there's no, like, A, 
everyone's a human being, everyone deserves to be treated, everyone that's a human being deserves to be treated like one, but also it's just, yeah, it's a complete false setup. Like you're never good enough, you're never yeah. well behaved enough, you've always done something that means that you deserve to, you know, be treated like an animal yeah. or um, be treated roughly. Um, yeah, by police or by someone else. So it's just, yeah, I mean, it's complete hypocrisy and mostly just perpetuated by racists. Do you think something is going, something uh, positive is going to come out of the increased awareness? Yeah, of I don't what's know. To him or is I'm it not, this is I don't just know. Again, it's hard again. to be, yeah, I think it's hard to be like anything but pessimistic around yeah. this stuff. But I think it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think that uh, it happened, I mean, Diane Abbott, I think is the, is his MP, so I think it's good that we're in an area where the MP sort of being supportive of the family yeah. and sort of their quest for justice. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm not aware of, uh, of an example when the IPCC has ever um, found not for the police or in favor of yeah. any families. In fact, I don't think there have been any cases. So yeah, I don't think we have reason to be optimistic, but then, you know, there's always hope. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> maybe hope for, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe this podcast is so regular that, you know, maybe next time um, there'll be some really, really great news about, about this and there'll be, um, you know, there's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to leave this on a positive note, but um, yeah, nothing, nothing will bring uh, Rochelle and Charles back and that's incredibly, incredibly unfortunate. Um, but Karis, it's been absolutely incredible to have you on Thank uh, the podcast. You. Thank you so much. Here. Is there anything else that you would like to mention any kind of no i mean other than telling people to go to gofundme.com forward slash level up to donate to the crowdfund i can think of absolutely nothing um yeah or checking out someofus.org uh if you're interested in the boots campaign or any other campaign what's your what 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 i know you've got the boots campaign at the moment what's your Mm. next campaign with some of us ah good question we're going to be going after big supermarkets around food standards around brexit i don't know if you've heard about chlorinated chicken it, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah big thing. Um, well, obviously, the government is going to be negotiating a trade deal with the US, but that doesn't mean that Tesco, Sainsbury's co-op um, need to stock chlorinated chicken. So that is going to be one of our next campaigns um, and many other things, I'm sure. To watch Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so much, Karis. And, Thanks um, for having me. It's been great. Uh, good luck with everything as well. I'm really, really uh, excited to see Thanks. everything that you're doing in the future. Brilliant. Cool. Cheers. Thanks. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Facebook. Facebook.